0: You see, the, yeah, yeah, no, this is where know. the problem is. It's, I think, this podcast going out just kind of shows how it's, it's different to racism. It really is, yeah, but it's, not, it's, the, it's
1: yeah, the same yeah. effect. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's I mean, the mental health thing is important. Like, I think it's something like uh, kids who are LGBT. QIA plus are like 75% more likely to consider self-harm before the age of 20. Hello
0: guys and welcome back to hashtag just talk. Once again, we give our blessings out and a big shout out to comic relief and groundwork. Why did I say blessings? I don't know. They're the ones blessing us. Thank you for helping us get this podcast out so we can help people within grassroots football and listen to some great and fantastic stories. Daniel was absolutely fantastic this week, last week, but this week we move on to something just as serious. I've got a, my friend on today, Chris Knight. For once, I'm able to say someone's name correctly. You should be honoured, Chris. Welcome.
1: Oh, thanks. I've got such a difficult name to remember. So it is probably the Chris. most
0: English name there is out yeah, yeah, there, def- especially up there with I don't know, possibly what maybe Crane, I think uh, Chris Jones. We could say yeah. That's for another. That's for another pod, though. We're not here for that today. So, Chris, why don't you just give us a little brief description on yourself?
1: All right. Uh, yeah, my name's Chris. Uh, I've just. I'll get onto football in a second. I just, literally today just started my PGCE, so I'm training to be a teacher at the moment. Uh, I've been a football fan since. I mean, really, before I could really talk. Um, I got given a Chelsea kit when I was two because my dad worked in Hammersmith. but I'm Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't stay with them very long. <laughs> uh, remember my first Orient game when I was about six? On I'm sorry State. to hear that again. <laughs> yeah, although we, we, um, Orient actually beat Russian and Diamonds about 5-1, so it was as good as it got. It was just downhill from there, to be honest. Um and then yeah, for the last couple of years, I've been going to Walthamstow FC in the Essex Senior League. So just progressively getting lower and lower. Yeah, it just seems life's well, we'll getting probably. worse and worse in football at the moment. For yeah, you. yeah, I mean, in a year, I'll just be pitching up at Hackney Marshes on a Sunday with a flag. A
0: hundred percent.
1: Oh, don't worry, I'm I'm doing that at the moment.
0: So, uh... <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Chris, I don't normally uh, ring guests just before the pod. I said, look, what do you want to talk about today? And you spoke about going down the pyramid low and low, but it's something
1: you're quite excited about at the moment. Oh, it's what, in the Premier League? Oh, I hate this league. Go on, Chris. I'm not like, necessarily excited. I think Ronaldo coming back is really interesting. Yeah, his, I uh, life, I, think
0: I, would have been, a I would have been more excited if he went to Manchester City. I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that. Oh, Thinking. that would have been hilarious. I was very excited when I thought he was going to Man City. It's just the fact that it would have been like a parallel universe, you know. Him going to Manchester City would have been, especially under Pep Guardiola, if you'd have said this to Manchester City fans about 10 years ago, I think they will. I think we get lost in time, even 20 years ago. But, you know, it's, I don't know, how do you feel about
1: it all? I think it's interesting. I think, like, I don't think it makes any sense for Man United. I think they've basically signed him just so Man City don't get him. And I think that's such... A, I mean, like, I'm assuming they'll make up the money in shirt sales and stuff. But he's... I don't know, unless he's going to be really good for the young kids. But you've got so much young talent there. You can't have Ronaldo and not play him. I think it's the
0: fact that these young talents, they sat there and watched Manchester, Ronaldo do it when I was in the academy. You know, they passing him the ball as he was ball boy and stuff like that. But for me, I think it's an immense signing. Not only is he going to get 20 goals this season... But I also think he's going to make the Manchester United players and fans give that extra 10%. And that extra 10%, I think, gets them a trophy this season. But...
1: I think they need one. I think mean, if they don't get a trophy, you've got a question with that squad they've got now. A hundred percent. I think they will. But what?
0: hey, it's neither here or there for us to say. But Chris, we've got a lot more serious things to talk yeah. about here to move it on, man. No, because no, this fine. is something that I'm not really educated in myself, to be honest with you. And, you know, I'm going to let you take... I'm going to take the seat as a guest here because I even had to ask you the right way to say this. So, would you like to? uh... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Would you like to take the thing? Because again, for me, it's again for people listening at home. I know this sounds probably a bit unprofessional, but for me, it's a bit of a touchy subject. Just to the fact that I don't understand it. I understand. Chris, I'll let you explain. Then I'll explain what I don't understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, so. I wanted to talk a bit, and one of the reasons I think you asked me on was to talk a bit about homophobia in football. It's something I care a lot about, like something that's affected my life a lot as a LGBT football fan. I mean, I'm not all of them, obviously, but I'm bisexual, so it's something that has affected me watching football, it's something that's affected my enjoyment of football. Uh, But it's something I've read about a lot. I did my dissertation in uni on it. Um, So yeah, it's something I'm very interested in. And I think it's something that doesn't necessarily get the coverage that it should get. It's a, it's,
0: it's a huge topic. It is absolutely huge because even to this day, to my knowledge, in top of the big big five leagues, there hasn't really been a player that has come out
1: this game. Not, uh, not since Fashion he did in, okay, early cool. playing for Norwich in the early 90s. Or well, late 80s, he came out just in Fashion. See,
0: it, it's weird because that's not even a big topic anymore. But yet we hear a lot about the first like, non-English players playing the Premier League, the first black players playing the Premier League. I just want to go back to what I was saying about I don't understand it. When I mean I don't understand it, just for the viewers, I know Chris can vouch for me with this. I mean it as because I am, I am straight. I've never had any abuse in football. I've never had to deal with any stress or arguments about what I am. So, Chris,
1: effectively, how does this affect you in the game? Yeah I mean it's interesting one of the reasons I mean I joked about it at the start but genuinely one of the reasons that I watch football at the level I do now is that there's only 10 of you there so basically much easier to self-police fans and stuff because even when I mean like when I watched Orient a lot followed Orient up and down the country went to bloody Carlisle on a Tuesday night like Generally, the fans were really nice, very good community club. Like They worked a lot in the schools I've been in. They've worked a lot in schools when I was in school. But that last season in the conference, about six times, I heard homophobic abuse from Orient fans. And obviously, it doesn't, you know, no one directly abused me. No one directly actually even abused Orient fans. It was Orient fans abusing opposition players or opposition fans. But it doesn't make you feel... You know, yourself, it doesn't make you feel welcome in somewhere that, you know, football. We all watch football as an escape. We all watch football to let off some steam. We all watch football to see our friends, have a couple of drinks, and just doesn't feel fun, you know? Chris, well, how do you
0: feel like clubs like, not just to point out Leighton Orient, because I can imagine this happens all over the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just for the example, because we are Orient fans, how do you feel Leighton Orient could help you to, you know, maybe welcome you back?
1: I mean, it'd be good if there was like, you know, I mean, Orient's been very good in the last, especially in the last year or so, at you know, being quite openly anti-racist. And I know they they banned a couple of fans, didn't they, who racially abused Bukayo Saka on Twitter after the Euro final. So I think just being more open about it, like having, you know, when it's homophobia versus football day, you know, doing a bit more than just wearing the rainbow laces kind of like, reaching out to organisations like Stonewall or Proud Lily Whites, which is Tottenham's LGBT fan group, and just asking them if they could, you know, come down, set up a stall for the day, just educate people on what, what it's like. I think because, it's, because there's no openly gay footballers, it's quite easy to just be like, oh, it doesn't affect football. But there are obviously gay footballers, just percentage-wise. Of course, 100%. So, there has to be. So the fact that there's no openly gay footballers should, shouldn't should mean that you shouldn't talk about it. It should mean you talk about it more because it means that in British football, we, there's not an environment for people to feel comfortable to be themselves. Chris, one word answer. Give me a random Premier League football scene. Uh Chelsea.
0: Right. Chelsea signed a striker from abroad. He's quite openly, as he signs, he stands out he says he's gay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Things don't go too well for this new signing. He's gone five, six games without scoring. The fans are on his back already. Do you feel he
1: would be abused? Yeah, 100%. I don't necessarily know by like Chelsea fans, but definitely by opposition fans. And I mean, a, a good, I guess a good example of this is, you know, non white players who play for England. You know, like when England are winning, it's all fun and games. Mm. But then when you miss a penalty, you've got, what, hundreds of thousands of people telling 19-year-old, or however old Bukayo Saka is 18, you know, racially abusing him. So I think you'd have the same thing. I mean, footballers get a lot of homophobic abuse now. A study came out about two weeks ago that showed that online football abuse, most of it is homophobic more than racist or sexist. Like, homophobic abuse is the most common form of abuse online. So even footballers who are gay and haven't been out are probably getting homophobically abused anyway. The thing with this as well, I'm not just trying to cancel
0: myself when I say this and stuff like that. It's, you know, growing up, I've even had to go back and delete tweets. Now I do this podcast and stuff from Mm. when I was about 15, 16 years old, I wasn't calling anyone gay. It's just the fact that we was just using it as like a, a meme.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. and I think, I think
0: which is wrong, but again, I've always said in this podcast, people that do and I'm happy to say, Look, I'm now educated on it, and it was wrong, but it's also because I feel like the community has come on so much in the last 10 to 15 years, which is probably just like a what would be the right word just to say, not congratulations, you've come this far, but it's, it's you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it it's just nice. proves how far you've come and people are starting yeah, to... Definitely. Which sounds absolutely wrong and sick, but people are now actually starting to take it serious when it wasn't taken serious many years ago.
1: Yeah, oh, 100%. Like the, um, I mean, the, the football club I played for, I uh, play for Stonewall FC, and like they were only set up because they were set up in 1991, basically, to allow gay people to play football because it was such a hostile environment that even on amateur levels... People couldn't feel like they'd play, they could play for amateur teams. I think I featured for Stonewall in a game before. Oh, that's was, good. That, it, makes, it that was, makes you an official ally, Rob. It was at, oh, a badge and everything.
0: I think I've got one actually. <laughs> I think uh, it was at a game at Met Police Ground. I don't know. It was to do with all the uh, fans for diversity stuff. I think I might have even played for a fans for diversity team. I don't know, but I think it was a mixture. But either way, I've been involved in an event. But I have to agree. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great setup. You know, it is. No one was judging anyone on their ability or what they were or their skin color. Or it's easy for me to say that because you can't see. You know, Chris, I had to ask you what you was before this podcast because yeah. I knew something was going on, but. Not that something was going on again. <laughs> no, no, can, 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 can you see? Mean, can know you know see? You yeah, yeah, no, this is where the mean. problem is. It's. I think this podcast going out just kind of shows how it's. It's different to racism. It really is. Yeah, but it's, not, it's, the, it's It's the same know, effect. It's the if same you effect. you
1: can't look at someone and say you are, yeah, yeah, this or this, because you know, there's obviously stereotypical ways of telling. Yeah, a hundred percent. But, but like, again, I
0: now feel uncomfortable even. Trying to get my words out because I don't mean harm, but I sound like I'm doing more harm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I don't. As think, soon I as you think so,
1: though, like I think it's that thing. I mean, obviously, I know I've known you for a long time, so I know it's not coming from a like, and it's not coming from a bad place. Or of anything. course, of course. And... Either way,
0: the Stonewall is a fantastic football club. It's just put it that way. And yeah, yeah, no one can take that away from them. But
1: I think so, at one point I'd like to make: we Go don't, don't need to. I think now Stonewall wouldn't necessarily need to exist. Which no, yeah, my point, which I think is good. Like, um, I think now, like, you could turn up at a Sunday league team or like even like Orient here that we play for. You know, like probably about half the people who we play with now know that I'm by and Like, you know, you could turn up and no one cares. Like, yeah, so it's definitely feel... gotten a lot better.
0: Yeah, of course, but I feel like the Orient would be a bad example. I feel like as it would be a great friendly, you know. With yeah, even yeah. playing for Orient, we've played against some teams, haven't we, that have just been horrible. And if they if they knew what was going on, they would have they, yeah. they target you on the right hand on the right hand side, anyways. But <laughs> yeah, that's
1: just my lack of pace, though. That's not uh... you know
0: abuse wise. I feel like you know you might have got to have,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably for no reason. You know, you're not a horrible
0: person. It's not even like you're left afters on someone, but. Again, it's going into this pod for me. As again, it's a learning curve because I'm with racism. It's, as
1: you said to yourself, it's always out there. But do you feel the media could do a lot more? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, again, with anything, I think the media could, I think the media could do a lot more about racism as well. But I definitely think they could do more. I think just to highlight, it's like awareness I still feel. You know, like every football fan knows about racism. So then it's like, how are you going to challenge it? Whereas I don't even think every football fan yet knows, like knows about homophobia, like knows how it affects somebody who might just be standing next to them on the terrace. And yeah. Like, so before you can like, before you have like a fan, a huge fan change, it's like you even need to learn what it is. It really annoys me because
0: I feel like we have stupid, stupid lessons in the you know school curriculum. you're a teacher yourself you know like things like PHS P-H-S-E whatever it's called I don't really care I know it sounds like being a bit horrible but you know we're meant to learn about life in them lessons you know that's meant to help set us up for life even other silly little lessons like I can't name one off the top of my head but why can't we learn about racism and people if they want to be gay or bisexual or lesbian you know we need to learn it's acceptable because you know I'm not saying I was one of them coming out of school. People think, oh, yeah, you're gay. Oh, uh-huh, you're gay. No, it, it's not like that. The world is not like that. But I feel like it's playground talk, which should be cut out early, early doors. Yeah. You even hear it from kids. Oh, you're gay. Oh, uh, you're gay. I'm sorry to even say these words, but this is the stuff I hear from kids. You know, I've been around kids of just going to the playground with my own son and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I hear it.
1: And obviously, oh, yeah, you still hear it around, definitely. And
0: obviously, I, it's something I feel I should say something because they're not my kids and they're young. I feel I can't. But then it's if hard, they was yeah, to yeah. turn around and shout a racist slur, everyone would be like, <gasps> yeah. you know, this is what kind of upsets me because I feel, and it's why it confuses me, because I don't understand, am I overreacting? Why, why is not many people doing enough?
1: yeah and again i just think education is the key in it there's not that it's just not thought of at the same level and i i mean i don't know why but like yeah and i I definitely think you know when uh i could do a whole other podcast on lgbt education in school because i've also written several essays about that but um yeah, I definitely think, especially at secondary school, it should be something that's talked yeah. about. Yeah, well, my bosses
0: will be listening. Let's We'll try and get them involved. We'll try and get that going because <laughs> I feel like it's something, you know, like we all have fo- problems in football, but at the moment I feel racism, not saying it's any different. They're having a lot of, regardless of what people think about it, they've got the Black Lives Matter movement at the minute. I'm pretty sure the England game's plan at the moment. I don't know if the players took the knee. I'm pretty sure they would have done. Yeah. I don't Especially really care so. about the reaction because I'm just going to ignore it because we're in a silly country full of silly people. Only majority of people, I'll because it's the football fans doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then the Premier League is still doing it, you know. But it was only yeah. the other week in the Premier League where it was being grafted all over the news and Twitter that the uh, was it the Tottenham Gay Pride
1: flag was getting ripped down. Ripped down, yeah. The proud, proud Lily Whites. What, what would you like yeah. to see the Premier League do? Again, I think it's just support and having more education and working more with organisations that are there. Like, you know, like Match of the Day, Sky Sports and stuff can just do more to, I think, highlight the cases of people like, I mean, talk to people more like people who have played football, who are now out. Uh, Like Thomas Hitzelsberger came out. Uh, Robbie Brady, who plays in, I think he still plays in MLS, is out. There's a couple of people in Scandinavia who are out, like, get interviews with them or get interviews with people who've like, you know, studied Justin Fashion who do show things during a Norwich game about Justin Fashion's life and the abuse he faced when he came out and uh, he ended up committing suicide like yeah. like very young and not, not just because of reactions he had, he had a, a lot going on in his life but like you know, just talk about it more, make people more aware. And it's not easy. It's not, it's not like a fun, it's not a particularly fun, comfortable thing to talk about. And it's not, you know, not everyone's always going to say the right thing. But as long as people are open to learning, that's all you can ask.
0: I think that's why I'm worried open my mouth. I think what you said there, it's not particularly fun to talk about and not comfortable to talk about. It's to the fact that I. I'll never understand about being racially abused, but I understand racism. Mm. If you know what I mean, but where, cause it's quite open and it's everywhere. That's probably because it's on Twitter. There was a big movement about it and everything was done. So everyone got a lot more information than what they had before. I was clued up before everything that happened, but then obviously it was in the media a lot more, a lot more people got educated. But I feel like with the community, especially the LGBT community, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm even having to ask if that is the right, the right letters, you know. to where I think it's all wrong. I feel like it should be out a lot more, especially with the Premier League. It's, I, I see it as another thing as Mental Health Week, you know. Why should we only care about people's mental health and state in that week? Why do we have a specific day for it? Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, it the reason, I'm, the reason I'm comparing them, it, it should be there all the time, especially if we're going to play Black Lives Matter or something like that. It should just
1: be everywhere. Yeah, and I mean it's, it's I mean the mental health link's important. Like I think it's something like uh, kids who are LGBTQIA plus are like seventy five percent more likely to consider self harm before the age of twenty.
0: I think even thinking about it now, people, Chris. Like, yeah, of course. Of course, because I can imagine the whole do. thing of even coming up growing up, you're thinking, Am I normal? you know, because
1: yeah, Definitely.
0: It's it's just a strange world, and it's a it's a hole, It's a, a bit of a hole. I'd like to go down and talk about, but again, you can just tell by the way I'm acting. This is probably not a greatest. <laughs> this is probably not the greatest <laughs> podcast for a conversation to flow that I've had in the past. But I feel like there's a lot of key points going on, and I feel like I'm showing out a lot of emotion to prove that this is probably what is wrong with not me in particular with the community, but education-wise, if you understand what I mean.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And like, I think it's like, it's not, it's not about like, I think like i said before, it's not about everyone necessarily just getting it right first time because it's it's complex and also it's going to be different for everyone. Like my experience, you know, being by when that when I was like a couple of years ago when I had a girlfriend, I could just turn up at football with her. Like no one would. You know, no one then thinks anything about it. But I'm just as likely to turn up at football with my boyfriend, so it's like then it would become more questions. Yeah, so and then and that's, that's different for everyone. That's going to be yeah. Thinking experience. on that, I and think like, like
0: if you was to walk down the stairs with you holding your girlfriend's hand, no one would really say anything. But if you had done your boyfriend, I reckon there'd be one little whistle yeah, or something like that, something like that.
1: And even if it was like you know jokey or. You know, not necessarily insulting. If it's someone I don't know, it's like, why do you care? Yeah, but even if you know them, you expect them to show you their support and not even say
0: anything. Yeah, exactly. But again, I'd love to go down this again. I feel like we could come back to this, you know, after 100%. But let's bring this podcast up a bit. Let's talk about the Orient Go on, the boys. What is the Orient I feel like you're the best person to say, well, who and what is.
1: Okay, so the Orienteer was a Leighton Orient fans magazine that was set up oh, 30 years ago now? do know that. Oh my God. 30, yeah, 31. It's well, older than me. Maybe 20, 25, 26 years ago. I think mid-80s. Yeah, mid-80s it was set up. So, 20, yeah, 25, 26 years ago it was set up by um, three or four people uh, including my uncle uh, Dave Knight who... Uh, yeah, so they basically set up this fanzine. I mean, you say this is going to bring up the mood, but they, they basically set up the fanzine as a, like, kind, kind of at the time, actually, largely like an anti-racism fanzine. A lot of what it was set up for was to kind of counteract the abuse that at the time a lot of black players get, especially like Laurie Cunningham, who was playing for...
0: Oh, well, that's crazy to say or, that. I never, had... never knew that. I just thought it was a bit of a magazine talking about the game, but hey, it so wasn't like no well, every day. It
1: was, was like meant to be, you know, or it match reports and stuff, but a, yeah, a lot of it as well was to set up with, um at the time under Thatcher's government as well, they wanted to have, uh, all football fans were meant to have like photo ID cards to get into games and stuff. So it was set up as a bit of a protest against that. And in their first kind of few years, they did marches against the stuff like that. Um, and yeah, but I mean, then it's, you know, it's a bit more jovial now and, uh, they tend to do, you know, badly spelt match reports and, <laughs> um, you know, silly articles and nonsense front covers and fun stuff like it's, I've written for them a lot and it's it's always a good read. Still only a pound, same price the whole time. And, um, yeah, no, it's good fun. But as well as the magazine, also a football team was set up, which is where I met you because we've both played for them. And um, the kind of aim of that basically was just to get Orient fans just meeting up with fans. You know, you'd go to Preston away, and if Orient were playing in Preston, you could play the Preston fans beforehand. Yes, you have to be at a min- on a mini bus at four in the morning, and yes, you will lose <laughs> ten <that's> nil. But, <it. laughs> but you'll yeah, have a good time. So, yeah, the good old days. Eh? The that's good old days. Yeah. I think
0: that just everything you've just said just kind of puts your insurance into a nutshell, especially about the stuff with the anti-racism stuff, with all the support and they do because that's what they are. If there's, they've done a lot of charity games in the past. I've been on the losing side of two of them games. Oh, what a day! But, that uh, I've scored in both, but I don't talk yeah. about it
1: enough. <laughs> that was at last uh, as well. You should definitely talk about that. Shh, stop, stop, just stop.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like the viewing team is just such a special thing. I feel like we should do a lot more as a club. I know it's difficult with Covid at the minute, but.
1: It's just yeah, such a good vibe, hope, isn't it? Hopefully as now things ease a bit more, we can get back to playing a few more games and Yeah, doing a few more of the you know, the Chaos Cup six side tournaments and
0: oh, they're the best days, isn't like, it? For for anyone listening at home, I think I'll be a bit more cutthroat about it. It's basically as Chris said, you turn up, you have a few drinks, you lose at football, you have more drinks, and then you go home happy. 100%. And you know, it is just a whole day of happiness, even in the morning, you know, just seeing everyone's silly faces. And for me, it's Liam. Whenever Liam does his goofy little, hello, <laughs> it's just, how oh, mate, it gets me going, man. He's... <laughs> That's
1: what my uncle, when I started playing for your interior when I was like 16, 17, my uncle used to say, You can use my favourite phrase now, Chris. And I'd be like, What is that, Dave? Need to say? You can come home a bit pissed. You, you can say to your girlfriend, I was a great day apart from the football.
0: I think the and best
1: think one that... was Port Val, wasn't it? Oh, for... Port Vale. <laughs> was that when the the game got <laughs> abandoned by the ref about 5 minutes before the end because we were so and then Orient lost 3-0 in the afternoon. Uh, yeah, uh, so
0: yeah, yeah. The, they put it Orient under
1: the tannoy, here. yeah. The here got a score got announced on the tannoy in the stadium at half time. Yeah, that was a pretty bad a bad yeah, day yeah. around for everyone. Yeah, it took a full bottle of rum on the minibus on the way back to get to get me past that.
0: Oh, well, I got in dicky cars, dicky car, dicky car,
1: dicky golds car. So uh, really? anyone, anyone I mean, the, knows the fact, Gold. the fact that you made that back is quite impressive. Then uh, that's why I made a podcast.
0: I didn't realise how lucky I was in life to be here. <laughs> but uh, yeah,
1: but yeah, was... the orienteer is good. It's just fun. Any like literally anyone can turn up and play, and that's always been the like you know, regardless of gender, race, sexuality, anything. Anyone can just turn up and play, and there won't be any pressure to be any good. There won't be any pressure to Take it seriously. You can play for ten minutes. You can play for ninety minutes. The only guarantee is that we'll just be in the Burt after the game. And
0: that's, you will be. That's... And you will be played out
1: of position. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, turn yeah, <laughs> <Yeah, if you're laughs> up, turn up, and say you're a right back. You'll get played up front. Turn <laughs> up and say you're a striker. You'll get played at right back.
0: Lovely times. Well, talking of right backs, you are you are one.
1: You mentioned about stone, stone,
0: Stonewall. Stonewall, sorry, stonewall? stonewall. Stonewall. There you go. Where I should, Again, it's another point where it's not even, not many people know about it. <laughs> and the Orienteer.
1: So just tell me a bit about yourself, Chris. What, what does grassroots, grassroots football mean to you? I mean, a lot now, especially going to watch being a season ticket holder now at Essex Senior League level, Walthamstow. It takes, takes up a lot of my time. Um, yeah, I mean, I play football three times a week I watch football once or twice a week it's where a lot of my you know COVID was really hard with that because especially at grassroots level none of it happened you know like we we weren't allowed to play for a year we weren't allowed to go and watch for a year and it's so much it's just that sense of community isn't it like so much of my best friendship so much of my best memories come from just watching grassroots football and being involved in it and just even Orient, even though they're like a professional club, the stuff that you're able to do there, like to play on Orient's pitch in a charity game, and like all that sense of community, you just is just so important and it's so valuable to like I think, especially not not especially younger people, because the Orient walking football team and stuff was really good for my uncle when he was older and couldn't play football so much anymore. It just gives people that guarantee, isn't it? it's like, what are you going to do this week? Whatever else is going on. I have this one thing, that I can see my friends, and we can just watch some nonsense, or we can play football and it'd be rubbish. But no one cares. Hundred percent, Chris. But we've
0: run this over a bit because the reason being, I uh, just that whole topic for me is a can of worms. It's been open. <laughs> but well, for that, well, me, you know, good. like I, I want to, <laughs> I want to clean up the worms, but there's a lot of them, and it, that's there's fine, not, that's fine. There's, there's not enough time. But uh, yeah.
1: well, if you get would, if you get anyone asking you questions about it after they listen to it just let me know I can, well I'm uh, gonna talk I to my you... uh,
0: I'll talk to my producer and we'll 100% have to do something again we'll have to get a yeah, yeah. few people that. involved in the community and just a few people that are not and we can just all discuss what's wrong with it not wrong with the LGBT community <laughs> 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 that would be a lively
1: discussion
0: that's me I'm sacked I'm sorry <laughs> but a uh, you know, again I'm just so nervous talking about yeah, no, the LGBT community and why what's wrong with Going on within the abuse towards it, and yeah, I, I'm gonna stop talking because I'm just digging myself
1: a bigger hole. Yeah, yeah it's a meaty discussion, but it is, I'm always it is. happy
0: to always happy to come on and come on and talk about it. <laughs> there you go. I think that that end that ending just summed up how awkward I find to talk about it because <laughs> I don't understand it, but uh, the listeners would understand that understand that's not what I'm about. But guys, I have been your host, Rob Crane. That has been Chris Knight. Uh, a very very interesting conversation more of a me making myself look like an idiot but yeah,
1: it's all part of the process thank you for opening the can of worms more people need to do it they're so, everywhere chris i'm gonna have to clean good. this up for the next time. Oh, right that's, good. that's good that's <laughs> good chris thank you so much for coming on no man. worries man speak to you later see you later mate.
0: Bye.